This is the Italian American Podcast, the first podcast dedicated to helping Italian Americans learn about their heritage. We talk to experts, authors, and everyday Italian Americans on all things Italian from traditions, culture, food, genealogy, and travel. I'm your host, Anthony Fasano, and I have with me my co host, Dolores Alfieri. And we have another pretty cool episode today. It's actually the second part of our interview with Adriana Trigiani. So it's a continuation, but the feedback and the messages that we've gotten from people about the first part of the interview has been absolutely really amazing, to be honest with you. The people are just so thrilled that she just opened up to us and shared everything about her family, about her career. And uh, we've kind of been soaking it all up. What do you think, Dolores? Yeah, it really, it's been so wonderful and a lot of fun. And you know what, Anthony, I think that everything you just described in terms of the reaction is actually a really true testament to Adriana herself, you know, her work and also the way she conducts herself with her fans. So, you know, I know a lot of her fans are listening to this second part and I want to just say a special message to them in particular So we have interactions with our guests, right, before and after episodes, right? There is interaction that's not on the mic. And I just want them all to know that her warm, heart of gold personality, like this image that we all have of her is true. I mean, she is that kind of person. She's amazing. And she's so giving and warm. And she has been so supportive to both Anthony and I and the podcast itself. So I just want everyone to know that it's the real deal. Yeah, she's really awesome. She's been really helpful for us in sharing the show, and she's just been so down to earth with Mm -hmm. us. Not that really we expected anything else after she responded to us so quickly and Mm -hmm. and set up the show for us. So, But it's been great, and and we're excited to to let you dive into the second part of this episode. We've got some other hosts we're working on to bring to you after this, so we're just having a lot of fun with the show. We're definitely going to keep it up, and I think what we'll do here to bring you into the second part of the episode is just kick it off with a quote from her book, The Shoemaker's Wife, which is, Moments are history. If you have enough of them, they become a story. Anthony and I talk a lot about the hard work and the sacrifices that people did on our part, right? So we could have the lives that we have now. And it's a really important important part of the podcast for us to talk about that. And your work really honors that. And I just was hoping you could speak a little bit to that point, whether it's just the importance of remembering, as we have said on the show before, that we stand on many shoulders or whatever aspect of that you'd like to talk about? Well, there's nothing more important culturally than to honor history because your history, your lineage, where you come from is what connects you through time to others. Now, you may say, well, why is that important? Why would anyone care about that? When you study Italian history, and I'm not a great historian, I'm a little bit of one, teeny weeny bit of a historian. (laughs) What I love about Italy is that virtually every civilization went through there. Mm. And every civilization claimed a piece of it. And Italy would evolve with it. And Italy would move with it. So the Italian sensibility is really one of abiding with 
the changes in humanity, in art, in music, in food, in the emotional constructs of what makes us unique, unique human traits. And the family is the central core of that. It's like, how do we gather within the four walls of our home? How do we define ourselves? Now, this isn't to say that all of this is perfect, but what it is to say is, what do we value? What do we care about? How are we going to spend the days of our lives, the long days of our lives? What does that mean? So for me as an artist, really have two themes, love and work. It's all I'm interested in. Mm -hmm. Somebody say, well, that's pretty limiting. Well, no, it isn't. I find it sort of a ever more everlasting themes. And to me, they are very Italian. Agreed. They're very, very Italian. The craftsmanship is the pride in that. Let me show you what I can make. The shoemakers that have come from the seamstresses, the way they create things from nothing, the pride that they took in everything that they did, whether they were on an assembly line or whether they were making the Sunday dinner. There was a beauty to things and an order and a pride in that craftsmanship. Absolutely. And they were making it for people they love. So I have a deep connection to craftsmanship and then love. And then honoring history also makes you rich. It gives you a sense of your own place in the world. I don't have any illusions about myself that I'm all that in a bag of chips or that I need, this is what I need. I mean, really what I need is I just need my family to love and work that makes me feel purposeful. And I have a really good sense of what is my ego and what's my true heart. And my ego is the thing that makes me uh, ridiculously upset for no reason. And, uh, well, why don't I get that, you know, might be my thing. Because uh, you don't freaking need it, you know. <laughs> you have what you need. And that's really the secret to all of it. So our history, to know your family history is really important. And if you study cultures, you realize that when they want to destroy you, they tear your families apart. Mm. And I want you to look in all of history and the strong cultures that have survived despite people tearing them apart. And I mean, I can sit here and name them all, but you know who they are. And the Italians have really walked with that throughout history and said, yeah, you know, the family's the most important thing. Right. That's what matters to us. That's really awesome. And just to build on that, because, you know, when I read The Shoemaker's Wife, that's exactly what it said to me. It was basically, in the research of your family, there's a story. There's like amazing stories that keep unwinding as you research more and more. This is what I'm finding in my own experience. Yeah. And just as an example is that most of my family is from the province of Salerno. And my great-great-grandparents, I found out, were killed in the Battle of Salerno in 1943. So my grandma said, you know, if you ever go there, if there's anything you can find for me about them, whether it's a gravestone or any kind of documentation, that would be, you know, that'd be amazing. So my other part of my family is from a different part of Salerno and called Albanella. And this year, I found research online. I sent them a letter. They connected with me on Facebook. A woman my age only talks Italian. So, you know, I'm using the translator right now and I'm learning. But I'm going there this summer and they volunteered to take me to Sarno to learn about maybe the ah. people that were killed in the war. So the point is, is that as you do your research, just like Adriana just said, 
you're going to see your own story. I mean, your own story, like what's in the shoemaker's wife, because I think we all have some level of this as an Italian American, of course, running through Italy at some point in your family, there'll be some kind of story like this, whether it was someone giving something up, someone moving somewhere, someone meeting someone else. And I think like to not experience it is you're missing out on something special. It's really true. And you will love what you find out, or it will give you pause and it will give you a sense of a wonderful sense of history beyond what you thought you were. Or you're going to find names or people or attitudes or personality types. You know, my theory is with all this is that we just keep repeating. Yeah. These souls keep coming back. That's my humble opinion. I mean, I don't <laughs> know if I'm right or not, but that they just keep coming back. And that this is a really interesting thing. But whatever you feel spiritually... When you find things out, you feel safe, connected, and life takes on a deeper hue and texture and meaning for you. Yeah, that's well said. Yeah. I think if nothing else, it keeps us grounded. And it being knowing, our, being close to our families, be, that being the most important thing, and knowing where we come from, it gives you a structure. And again, back to that kind of that code and um, for me personally, it keeps me grounded on a basic everyday level, which is like, if I'm starting to feel, you know, I'm overwhelmed, I'm tired, whatever it is, I'm starting to feel sorry for myself. And I'm sitting there and not doing the things I know I need to do. I can just think to myself, you know what, my parents didn't bust their ass coming here to America for me to be sitting here miserable. And you get up and you get to work like you were shown is what you do in this life. You get up and you get to work. I completely agree with you. I think yeah. that's beautifully said. And you know you have that blood in your veins. You know that you have that. Even if you're feeling like you don't have it on a certain day, all I have to do is think of the people I come from. And I'm like, it's in there. I know it's in there. And, you know, when you go to Italy and you're Italian-American and enough of us don't go, you know, I actually have Gina Casella, who is uh, Neapolitan descent. I met her in Rome over, well, almost like 28 years ago when we were all young. And she now runs my tour company. We do walking tours in Greenwich Village, but we also do tours to Italy. Oh, wow. And she is a segment of this AT Escapes, Adriana Trajani Tours, which she did for me this summer, which is where she plans through the towns that you're from. Amazing. And... She does it within any price range. I don't want anybody to think, you know, now I'm a little bit of a diva, so don't go by me. But <laughs> she does it very reasonably. And she goes with you. And using this great local network that she has built up over the years, takes you through your family history. Wow. It's really something. It sounds and then like she it. has, you know, group tours. If you don't want to do that, she does, like, the major hubs. And, you know, if, say if you want to do Positano and... Capri and, you know, the southern area, you want to do Como and the lakes in the north, whatever. She does them all. But that was a very important thing to me to develop because to go with the books, I'm, you see, everything I do is to serve my reader. And I want her or him to have this experience. And it's so interesting to me. And I always, when I meet my readers, you know, and she says, oh, I'm going to go. I'm going to get over to Italy. And I go, go when you can walk. Go when you can enjoy it. Go when right. you can do it. Don't wait. Because here's what happens. It's jet fuel. 
you go, you're on the fumes of it for months and years after you visit. Yeah. It's the only way I could put it. It's a wonderful thing because it's your people. <laughs> They're your people. And they give you something intangible that you cannot quantify. There's no way to quantify it. It's so much better than anything else you will ever spend your money on. And I always say this to my husband, hmm, a ring costs this or a car costs that. Not worth it, not like Italy. Or mm. this costs this, you know, or that costs that. Or what would be worth going into, de- oh, Italy's worth that, you know. Right. <laughs> Just think like that. Or if somebody's going to say, oh, you know, we want to give you something for your 25th wedding anniversary. Oh, put a pot together and send them to Italy. Right. <laughs> I mean, I just think like that. I just think the experience is more important than some something sitting in your house or something to wear than a purse. There are purses that cost more than a trip to Italy. Mm-hmm. There are so many ways now to do it economically that you wouldn't even miss it. Cheaper than trips to amusement parks in america go see the real thing you know that's all i'm saying that when you go there and this is your people this is your country this is your roots this is you and anthony when you go and you meet your cousins it's oh yeah i can't wait i just like knowing my cousins are there right you know i love to go see them but i like knowing that they're there it's a wonderful full circle thing that I cannot explain that will give you everything you need going forward in your life to write books, to do podcasts, mm-hmm. anything you want to do. It'll give you the fuel. Dolores, the same with you. Right. Get your book published to get it out into the world. It just gives, it reframes everything and it changes you. These are the experiences, you know. When my husband, my daughter, and I went, um, my daughter's 13, and she had gone with us before with Gina. We had, I would learn, went over to learn how to make shoes for the Valentine series, and Lucia had also gone when she was when I was on a book tour, and my mother came over, and I have hilarious stories about all of that, going over to meet the relatives. We each had a, a goal, and mine was spiritual, to go into every church and every I wanted to have a spiritual journey. Lucia had an art journey and my husband had a historical journey. And so we, but we married all three and we had an incredible trip. So if you have a goal in mind, Anthony, your trip is going to be just, it's going to change your life. Yeah. I already know that you're going to see things and you're going to find out things. And you know, you're going to hear a name that maybe you'll name one of your future children that, Mm. and you will be reminded every day of that experience. I mean, this is what life is, you know. It's all amazing and interesting, and this is really, truly the essence and the definition of being Italian. I love, Adriana, that you used the word intangible uh, more than once to describe what you're attempting to describe. I've talked about that a lot on the podcast, and I do wholeheartedly feel like we could do 300 episodes, and I will still be trying to define this amorphous yet so real inside of me thing that wants to know where I come from, who these people are, right? What their experiences were. It's so hard. I I struggle every single episode, no matter who we're talking to, to get closer to it. 
and it is intangible. It's just, it's as mysterious and powerful as love itself. Yes, that's well said. It absolutely is. Maybe and also, it, it abides you. It will be with you all the days of your life. This is the other aspect that no one talks about. It's, I'm not interested in the quick fix of something to entertain me. Mm. I'm interested in what's going to not entertain, but so much, but what's going to sustain me. What's going to take me through? Because believe me, you can't know this now, although you might already know this, but life gets more layered, more complicated, more challenging as it goes on, not less so. And even when you have figured things out to some degree and you've got a great life partner and you've got a great family and all of that, it's still hard. And there's many, many things to deal with. Knowing Italy is there gives me such peace. And in my mind, before I go to sleep at night, I picture that particular teal blue water on the very edge of the coast of Capri. And then how it turns almost navy blue when you go out maybe half a mile. And the white caps. And so I I just, I think about the colors, the place, the feeling. You can just draw on it when you want to. Absolutely. Adriana, what was the, uh, I don't know if you can share a little bit with us, but you mentioned the story about, what was it, meeting your your relatives? Uh Uh-huh. Well, we've always been very close. This is my mother's side of the family because my father's side, everybody really came over. Although now my cousin, I have a cousin, the parent's side, He now goes over for the big parent family reunions and says, I have to go to the Veneto for that, which I'm looking forward to doing. But mainly it's my mother's side of the family. And they are in northern Italy, in Bergamo and Schiopario. And I keep up with my cousins there and they're fantastic. I mean, they're just the new generation and just an amazing group and very much like you would imagine, modern and interesting and Italian and, um, you know, typical. Did you go back and meet them before you had written your books or did you? Yes. Okay. Oh, yes. Um, I met them when I was um, young. Oh, okay. And they had come over here. And in fact, I based characters on them. In fact, the entire Big Stone Gap story is my mom's first cousin, Mario, who was never married, but was he was straight. And I just say that because he had a lot of girlfriends. And so I asked him, well, why aren't you married? Because, of course, I could never understand why any guy would not be married because it's such a good deal for a guy. <laughs> and, um, and he told me the story about this girl that he had fallen in love with and that he, he had made love to her and the family expected him to marry her. And he was 16 And he didn't want to get married and he cried and cried and they let him go because they thought he was nuts. (laughs) Wow. So then he never married. And so that became the Big Stone Gap story. So when you see the Big Stone Gap movie, you're going to see how deeply Italian it is, even though it takes place in the Appalachians. It's really interesting. Well, you did say before that it's kind of the stories and the family that people are drawn to. Well, that's my personal opinion. Now, I'm sure that, that people would take me on and say, oh, that's just a pat. But I believe it's true. 
And I, I mean, I got, I, whenever I do those panels, I get in trouble. I was with some guy and a few other writers and I said something about emotions that really every, every book's about the emotional life of the characters. And the guy took me on and he got like really annoyed with me. And I, <laughs> I disagree with the guy still. I just thought, what are you talking about? Yeah. It's not about the structure of a building. It's about the structure of the human heart and the, and the soul. That's what I'm interested. In. I'm not interested. In. I'm fascinated by architecture. It's very fascinating to me or the way a car is built. Yeah. I'm like that. And I write about those things, but I'm more interested in what makes the person tick and, and I would say that I don't want to just say that it's about the family, but many cultures have looked to the Italians to light the way in this regard. We seem to know how to do it. Right. We seem to know how to hold our, hold each other close. We also know how to put each other on the island and not speak and, and, <laughs> and vendetta is an Italian word. And, you know, we know the dark side, too. But that's to be expected. You're going to have that if you have the other. Mm-hmm. You're going to have it. That's normal. I feel like we could do a whole show just about that. Oh, just sure. About, it's like, yeah, the other side of the passionate, fierce love is that. Oh, yeah. The, the, you, have to, you can't take it. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Part of it, too. Well, as we kind of kind of ra- get ready to wrap up here, Adriana, let me ask you this. At this point in your career, very accomplished. You, you have the new book out, the movie, which we'll, we'll mention here as we wrap up as well. But where, where do you go from here? So, so at this point in your career, you know, how do you kind of decide on what's next for you? Where I'm sure you get a lot of opportunities that come up for you now. What, what is that? How does that decision process go for you? Here's the thing. First of all, no matter what you've accomplished, Anthony and Dolores, you know this, you never feel like you've made it. Right. That's part of what's wonderful about life. You know, whenever I... I watch a talk show and somebody goes, what are you going to do next? And the guy goes, I'm going on vacation. I go, oh boy, well, (laughs) you're a nothing because that sign number one that you, I'm going to take a rest. Oh, well, that's a sign that you're not in it for the right reasons. Mm. Because the real artist is restless. That Mm. soul is never thinks, I never think I get it right. I never think that I've written the right sentence. I toil. But I also know that that's the job and that I'm never going to reach the mountaintop, not in this life. I'm not going to get there. But in the process of it, if I can entertain you, if I can engage you and enchant you, if I can illuminate something, if I can pull us together, then I've done my job. So to answer your question, somebody said this. I read this recently. I thought that, boy, it was just spot on. Oh, it was Orson Welles. Orson Welles said, but of course this was true of his life, you know, I read a lot about other artists and then I spend a lot of time with other artists talking about these things and I hope you do too because this is really important to talk to each other about this stuff. When you're at midlife like I am, you really have to figure out what projects you're going to do and what you're not going to do because you can kind of, in your 30s, 20s and 30s, you could sort of be a little like amoebic but 40s and 50s, you got to really nail it. You got to nail it down because that's when you're going to really, in those years, say, well, this is what I'm trying to say. Okay. So now at this stage of my career, it took me 15 years to make Big Stone Gap. So if I'm going to make another movie, I've got to do it rather quickly. And I'm working on a new book, which is a delightful story. 
of course, it takes place in a little Italian-American town. <laughs> a wonderful story. So I would say, and I'm going to try something interesting with this, which is to, I'm writing the book, and then I'm going to write the screenplay and make this together. Oh, wow. Kind of hatch them together. That's something I wanted to try, and I'm going to do that next. And then I have a couple of other irons in the fire of things that I'm interested in. But I'm honing in and focusing. So I think that that's going to be the word of the next five years, which is focus and stay on the tracks. I'm not going to divert my attention. Whereas I might have, you know, taken time to talk to somebody about a television show or do this or do that. I, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm really going to stay on the, on the track. Well, that's awesome. So the new book that you've recently released, All the Stars in the Heavens, and the movie, of course, Big Stone Gap, all that information, I'm sure, is on your website at adrianatrigiani.com, right? Oh, yeah. And, you know, okay. that Facebook page, I answer everything on there. I consider that my communicating tool. So if you do that Facebook page, and the website is always up to date, and you can reach me directly. This is the other thing that I do that I think is really important, and I hope you both will do this too, is I just communicate directly with my reader always. Uh, I think it's the best thing I can do. So I try to answer every piece of mail and every email and every post because I think that's my job. And I get good people. more out of it than I could ever give, by the way. So. <laughs> and for the listeners, you have the websites there that Adriana mentioned, which we're also going to list on our website. We're going to have a post, italianamericanpodcast.com forward slash Trigiani, T-R-I-G-I-A-N-I, -I, all lowercase. It'll list a summary of the show here that we had with all the resources that Adriana mentioned. So you can visit her page. We'll share it. We'll definitely spread the word because her stuff is awesome. And if you're somehow just hearing about her for the first time, you've got to dig into, of course, her work and you'll be, you'll be really delighted. Adriana, we, we try to close off the show with kind of um, a story, some kind of story that you might remember fondly. It could be as a child, it could be in your career, it could be anything kind of around your Italian-American background or, or heritage or your family. Is there anything that you could think of to share with the, with the listeners? There's so many, Anthony, but here's a great one. One of my favorite memories, and I was just thinking about this, oddly enough, recently, I was at an event, and there's a lady that wrote this book called The Wine Bible, Karen McNeil. She's very famous. And she was on the podium, and, and I was the MC of this event, and, and which I was very proud to do. The Irma Bombeck uh, Arizona Kidney Foundation. This is a couple weeks ago in Phoenix. And Karen got up, and she could talk about wine in the most beautiful way, almost elegant and fancy. And as she was talking, I, I, my mind wandered. And it went back to my grandfather, Michael A. Trajani, and I remembered that he made his own wine. And one year, my great-aunt Mary, the one who liked to watch movies and did the Sunday dinners, decided she didn't want the grapes in her basement. <laughs> so my mom said, this was before we moved to Big Stone Gap, she said, Pop, you can keep them in my basement, the grapes. So I remember the process of this. And keep in mind, I'm five years old, so I'm very little. <laughs> and those crates came and it said California. And they were beautiful pictures on there of purple grapes. And coming through those seams in these crates were these purple grapes. And they went into the basement and then they, they have to get ripe there or whatever. Or they sat there for a little while, like a few weeks. 
And then they came out of the basement. And then I was in the car with my grandfather as they transported these. And I'm sure my, I have six brothers and sisters. I'm sure they were in there too. And we went down to my grandfather's house. And then they, they were unloaded. And then he got out the barrels and he started the process of all of this. And, you know, with our little hands, we helped do some stuff like pull them off the stems and everything. And, you know, the whole process of when you, you mash them down and you do all that. Yep. Well, we did all that. And then a few months go by, and then he, he has the barrels out in the sun, like they're under a tree on this like little stone wall. And there's three barrels, and I'm five years old. And he says, come over here. And he used to call me, and I, I never have said this publicly ever, but he used to call me Rebel <laughs> for the booze, Rebel Yell. I don't know why, but that's what he called me, Rebel Yell. He said, Rebel, come over here. And so I did. He said, now, I'm going to taste this, and then you're going to taste this, and you're going to tell me if this wine's any good. <laughs> he said, okay, Grandpa. You know. <laughs> it was in a hose. And he was like a prankster. So he takes a, you know, a hit off that hose, and then he gives it to me. And whatever, it was too much, whatever, right? I always choked on it and everything, and it was, it was <laughs> wine. And he laughed, and he thought this was so funny. And I was determined not to cry. And I didn't. And I just, you know, it was too much, but I was okay. And he asked me what I thought of it. And I said, I think it's a good batch, Grandpa. <laughs> and it's one of my favorite memories. That's amazing how you remember Very it sweet. so vividly. I remember it vividly and the taste of it. <laughs> I but bet I, no, no loved I, you. I, and then I remember all this. When I see anybody fancy holding wine, I think of that. <laughs> I kind of get that. We made uh, homemade wine growing up, um, and still we do too. And, and I don't really know much about wine unless it's homemade. So <laughs> I know and that jug on the floor. Yep, <laughs> it's true. That's a beautiful story. Thanks for sharing with us. You're entirely welcome. Yep, that's great. And and Adriana, thank you so much for being on on the uh, show with us today. We couldn't. I mean, we couldn't thank you more. You've, you've opened up and really shared exactly what we're looking for and what we're looking to do on this podcast, which is really helping people to remember that the stories like this are the stories that you remember. Like you said, when you see someone doing something today, you go back to your, your grandparents, your family, and you remember it. And that's what we're trying to do and we're trying to, to get across in the show. So we're just thrilled that you spent some time with us to, to share that with us. Oh, I, I had a great time, and I'm so thrilled to be with both of you and so happy for your projects. I think they sound amazing. Thank you, Adriana. All right, we'll talk soon. All right, so I hope that you enjoyed the second part of our uh, interview with Adriana Trigiani, New York Times bestselling author, author of The Shoemaker's Wife, and really just an amazingly talented woman and heartfelt woman. And she means so much to the Italian American community. And Adriana, we thank you for sharing your stories with us, not just on this interview, but in your writing, in your movies. It's such a pleasure. And if you liked what you heard and you want to get a little recap of the show, you can go to italianamericanpodcast.com forward slash Trigiani 2. That's T-R-I-G-I-A-N-I -I -I and the number 2. And you can get a little summary of the show, some tweetables, some photos. And with that, I'm going to leave you with Dolores. She's going to tell you how you can connect with us further.
So please join us on social media. We're having a really good time, just all of us being in touch together and just messaging each other and sharing our stories and our photos and our traditions. So you can find us on Instagram at Italian American. You can also search the hashtag Italian American Central, and that will bring you right to us. On Twitter, at ItalAmerican, I-T-A-L, American. And on Facebook, at Italian American Podcast. Dai nostri cuori.